Hey everyone, and welcome to the Greater Than Podcast. My name is Elijah Murrow. Listen, I'm so honored and blessed you've taken out the time to join us again on another episode, another installment of the Greater Than Podcast. You know the, the purpose of the podcast, excuse me there, First John 4, 4, you're of God, little children, you've already overcome them. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We want to talk about what's going on in the world and even culture and approach it from a biblical perspective to find and to remind ourselves that greater is he on the inside of us than he that is in the world. Listen. Uh, it's, we're coming up on a um, hundred episodes of the Greater Than podcast. That's the goal. I think we're this episode is like ah man, I don't know what number episode this is, but uh, like I said, the numbers we've been doing this for a little while, so the numbers get messed up in my head. I don't have it in front of me, but we're getting close, man. I think we've got like seventy all together that are lined up that are scheduled to go. So we're getting closer. And closer to 100 episodes of the Greater Than Podcast. Today, uh, you should be get hearing this on April the 7th. I had another podcast scheduled for today, but I wanted to do a special podcast because um, uh, April the 4th, obviously, would be Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday to some. And so we had um, uh, we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus. So I wanted to talk about some things from the scriptures about that and and what took place and what happened here uh, in the life of Jesus and looking at it and even looking at the, the, the divinity of God, excuse me there, and um, how God uh, is revealed in the scriptures in John and how John has Genesis on his heart and mind as he's writing these things. Oh, I love it, man. We're teasing something good already. So let's pray, and then we're going to dig right on in. Father God, thank you so much for your word, for the anointing. Thank you that Jesus is alive. Thank you that Jesus is raised to life. And we give you praise for that, Father. We thank you for what you did in Jesus and what you're doing in us, Father, who believe and who are being transformed into that same image as we look at him from one degree of glory to another. We say, speak, Lord, for your servants here in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, here we go. Title of the podcast, Dominion. Subtitle, That It Might Be Fulfilled. The title of the podcast, Dominion. Subtitle, That It Might Be Fulfilled. All right, here we go. Y'all ready? <laughs> Let me get my notes together real quick. We're going to start here in Hebrews 19. Uh, Hebrews 19, that, that doesn't exist, so don't try to find that. We're going to start here in Hebrews 9 and verse 27 here. Let's get Let's get this going. Hebrews 9, verse 27, and as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. Uh, Hebrews 9, 27, and as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. Luke 4 and verse 6 says, it says this here, and the devil said to him, said to Jesus, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for it has been delivered to me and I give it to whomsoever I wish. The Bible says in Genesis 1, 28, we talked about Genesis. We teased about how John reveals some things in Genesis. Genesis 1, 28, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now we see here that this authority that's been given to Satan, that was given to Satan, delivered to him, was given to him by Adam. Adam committed high treason. Adam turned all these things over to the enemy, turned the earth over to Satan, turned it over to his things, to his uh, curse that comes along with it. All of that, and Jesus came and got it back because we see in Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them and said, all authority 
has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So we see that dominion was taken away and delivered, really delivered to legally delivered to Satan. Jesus said in Matthew 28, 18, that all the authority has been given to him legally, both in heaven and on earth. There was a legal transaction that took place on the cross and the death and the burial and the resurrection and ascension of Jesus. There was a trans, there were some things that took place, a transaction that took place that's very powerful. So three points, as always, point number one is a random point. Who was the naked dude? <laughs> Who was the naked dude? Elijah, what on earth are you talking about? Well, Mark 14, 47 through 52, it says, and one of those who stood by drew his sword. Now let's pause real quick here. We know that from other gospels that this person is Peter. Here's something you got to know about the book of Mark. The book of Mark was written under the guidance of Peter. The book of Mark was, uh, Mark had put himself under Peter's tutelage and he's writing this, uh, the book of Mark, because Mark was not an OG disciple. He's writing the book of Mark uh, through the lens of Peter. And I just find it interesting, interesting that Peter doesn't name his name here. Uh, something else that's missing in the book of Mark that's, that's funny, too, is when Jesus walks on the water, there is no mention of Peter going out to walk on the water and, and sinking. He doesn't put that part in there. <laughs> oh, come on, Peter. He Listen, he's, he's editing some things here. My goodness. And so he doesn't say when, 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 he's, when he's telling, recounting the story to Mark about what happened uh, there when the guards came to get Jesus and he said, um, one of the, one of the, one of the disciples, they you know, stood by, they drew a sword. <laughs> Doesn't even take out the time to say that it was indeed Peter who, who took the sword. And he said, he struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Then Jesus answered and said to them, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to take me? I was daily with you in the temple and teaching and you did not seize me, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. Keep that in mind. The scriptures must be fulfilled. Then they all, talking about the disciples, forsook him and fled. Now a certain young man followed him, having a linen cloth thrown around his naked body. The young man laid, and the young men, excuse me, laid hold of him, and he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. That is so random. So paint a picture here. We got men in there. It's dark. They've got torches. There's these men, they're coming to, to arrest Jesus. The disciples have taken off. They've left as Jesus prophesied and foretold that they would, and they've left him. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this random naked young man is following. Well, he's not naked yet. He's, he has a linen cloth around his body. But this random young man is following him, and then the young men who are taking Jesus away notices that there's this young man following him. The Bible says a certain, when a man, when the Bible says a certain man or a certain woman, it, 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 what it really saying is you guys all know who this is talking about the people who it was originally uh, wrote for. And the people who originally saw these letters, not talking about us, honestly, obviously I should say, because we weren't there. We don't know who this certain person is, but the people who were reading this letter Along the time when it was originally written and the first people are looking at the letter in the time of Mark, the people are like, yeah, we know exactly who he's talking about because he says a certain young man. We know exactly who that young man is. He's among our midst. We know who you're talking about. That's what it means. Anytime you see certain man in the Bible, in the New Testament, anytime you see certain woman, that means that the people who were there or the people who originally read the letter when it was around the times of Jesus know exactly who the person is that they're talking about. 
Now a certain young man followed him, having a linen cloth thrown around his naked body. The young men laid hold of him, and he left the linen cloth and fled from them naked. What a random scene. They're just about to take Jesus. This guy's coming in the linen cloth following them. They're like, man, somebody get that guy. And then they try to grab him, and then all of a sudden, he just takes off. And all you see is this man running butt naked through the Garden of Gethsemane, through this scene. And it's like, what the heck is going on here? Well, this is where it comes in that we unite all these gospels together because John gives us a detail here that I believe is key that Mark doesn't give us about what happened here and what takes place. Jesus said in John 18, five through six, he asked him, who were they seeking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, I am he. Now your Bible is going to have a he italicized. That means it's not really originally there in the text. Jesus said to them, I am is a more accurate uh, translation of that. Jesus said to them, I am. Well, that's going back to the deity. Like I said earlier, John has the deity of Christ in mind. Uh, Christ being God and God being Christ, how they're three people, but at the same time, the three are one. What an amazing mystery of the of the triune being of God. But also, too, is 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 shown and mirrored in us. We're made in his image. We have three parts. We're spirit, soul, and body. Anyway, let's continue reading here. He says, I am he, and Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. Now, when he said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Ladies and gentlemen, there was a power that was released. When Jesus said, I am he, a power was released. Boom. And when that power was released, it caused the soldiers to fall back. Man, oh man, it's like a Zack Snyder shot in one of his movies, man. I can see them falling back in slow motion, man, as he says, I am he. Man, this is this is this is something cooler than when the man said this is Sparta, man, and kicked the dude. No, I'm telling you, there's power released. He says, I am he. And that power is released and it touches him. Why do I bring that up in connection with the with the naked young man? The man who ran away naked. Why do I bring that up? Well, for this simple fact, first of all, the word linen sheet that's used in Mark um, in Mark is the same word for a burial cloth. Matthew 27, 59, when Joseph of Arimathea had taken the body of Jesus, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth. The only reference we have for this kind of cloth in the New Testament is that of a burial shroud that's used for covering a dead body in the grave. Uh, we got to remember this too, as well, guys. Um, the Garden of Gethsemane was uh, uh, was in a place where it was located on the side of the Mount of Olives, and towards the base of that mount is a heavily populated uh, cemetery with many of its graves dating back to the times of Jesus. Even today, we can discover and we can see. Why do I bring all this up? Well, number one, we see that the linen sheet is the same Greek word for a burial cloth. The only reference that we have for that kind of cloth in the New Testament is of a burial cloth, a burial shroud, is the only reference we have for that same Greek word. So this would bring, oh, this is powerful. This would let us know that when Jesus said, I am, a blast of power was released. And the young boy who was wrapped in that linen burial cloth, in accordance with the tradition of that day, crawled out of his tomb, raised from the dead. When Jesus said, I am, power was released. Boom. A power was released. 
that came. Man, let's do that one more time. Frankie, put that sound effect in there, man. Put a sound effect in there. When Jesus said, I am he, a power was released. Boom. That came. And that power touched that young man's body. And when he did that, the power was so strong that the young, that the people, the young men who were there fell back. And a young man who was dead was raised to life. And the word follow here means to continuously follow. This tells us that this resurrected young man trailed the soldiers as they took Jesus through the garden on the way to his trial. And when the soldiers discovered the young man was following Jesus, they tried to apprehend him. When they, went, when they reached out to grab him, he broke free and he left the linen cloth in their hands as he ran away butt naked because <laughs> he had been raised from the dead. Whew. That's just a side point. Now let's go back into this here about dominion that it might be fulfilled. The Bible says in John 20, it talks about here in John 20, let's set the story up. The Bible says in the last couple of verses of John 19 that Jesus was buried in a garden. John 1, 1 starts out in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Uh, John 1, 1 starts out the same way that Genesis 1, 1 starts out. Why is that? Because John has Genesis on his mind as he's talking and as he's revealing some things. So we see that Jesus was buried in a garden. Ladies and gentlemen, the Zoe life of God that man wants to possess was also buried in a garden because Adam was in the garden. He was deceived. Well, he wasn't deceived. The Bible says Eve was deceived. Adam was not deceived. He ate of the fruit. And the Bible says that what, it take, what takes place here is that separation from God. What takes place is sin abounds. But grace is going to soon much more abound, though. Uh, God always has a contingency plan. Man, you thought Batman. I, I love superhero movies. Yeah, I, I really enjoy that, I should say. I really enjoy superhero movies. And um, Batman is my favorite superhero, even though he's not super. And one of the reasons why I enjoy Batman so much is because he's always got a plan. He's always got a contingency plan. And I tell you what, God had the contingency plan to sin. And it's grace that's manifested in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we see that man died in a garden in separation from the father because of sin and separation from that. Still having a conscience, but being separated from a fellowship with God. We see that, that that happened because of sin. So therefore, that part of man's life with God was buried in the garden. We see here with Jesus that he was buried in a garden. Oh, let's go, man. John 20 verse 1 says this. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early. Notice it says the first day of the week. I find it interesting. Once again, let's tie it in with um, Genesis here. Uh, could this? Could it be that the first day of the week is not just referring to a date on the calendar? What if he's referring to this new creation or recreation? Just, oh, come on now. What if he's referring to a recreation that took place because of what Jesus did? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. What if this is the first day of the week of the new creation? Oh, that's good. What if this is the first day of the week of the new creation that we find in Christ because of what Christ did? It's the first day of the new creation that's been made available. Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early. It says it was still dark. All right. And the tomb and they saw that the tomb and the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. Skip on down to verse 11. Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. 
and she saw two angels in white sitting, one on the head and the other at the feet. And this is a picture of the Ark of the Covenant, by the way, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid them. Now, when she had said this, she turned around. So she was saying, the angels talked to her. Let's, let's set up the picture. The angels are talking to her. They're looking at her. They asked her a question. She answers the question. And as she's answering the question, she turned around. She turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, watch this, supposing him to be the gardener. Ooh, she couldn't be more right. She couldn't be more wrong at the same time. <laughs> she supposed him to be the what? The gardener. Ladies and gentlemen, who, uh, who was Adam? The Bible says that Adam was, 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 was put in charge of taking care of the garden of Eden. Ladies and gentlemen, in another way we could say, Adam was a gardener. <laughs> Mary saw Jesus. She couldn't be more wrong and she couldn't be more right at the same time. She saw Jesus and she supposed him to be the gardener. <laughs> the Bible says in Corinthians that we are God's garden and Jesus is the garden. John 14 or John 15 talks about uh, the abiding in him and him being the vine and, and, and the father being the husbandman. She supposed him to be the gardener. She said to him, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him and I'll take him away. Jesus answered and said to her, Mary, the Bible says in John that my sheep, Jesus said in John, my sheep hear my voice and I call them by name. Notice that it was when she, he had called her by name that she, that he, that she recognized who, that it was her, the rabbi. And she turned, so her back was to Jesus at this time. So she turned and faced him and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. Jesus said to her, don't cling to me. Apparently, she went in for a hug, and he said, nope, six feet. No, let, me, no, no, let me stop. Let me stop. She said, he said, don't touch me, for I'm not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them that I am ascending. That means right now he's, he's ascending. So there was another ascent that took place other than the one we see when he blesses them, and he says to them, go into all the world. There was another ascending that took place before that, apparently. He said, don't touch me. I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say to them that I am ascending to, to my father and to your father, to my God and to your God. There's a covenant that's been made here. And he was going to establish that covenant. So Mary went and she did what the Lord said. The Bible says then in, in, in John 20, verse 19, then the same day at evening. So it was early in John 20, verse 1. It was early in the day. But now we pick up the story here, and it's the same day at evening. Where has Jesus been all day? That's point number two. Where has Jesus been all day? He came and he stood in the midst of them and said, Peace be with you. And he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. He goes on to say, uh, Handle me. He says, Touch me. Because a spirit doesn't have flesh and bone as you see me have. At one point, he said, I don't, nope, don't touch me. But then when he comes back again, he says, all right, you can touch me. Why? Because he ascended to the Father <laughs> and offered himself and offered him and presented himself before. Mm. Jesus was, his body was leprous with sin. 
His body was leprous with the sin of the whole world, past, present, and future on the cross and in the work that he did. Jesus had to go. What did Jesus say to the leper when he was healed? He said, go show yourself to the priest. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus ascended to go show himself to the priest. To go show himself to the Father, to God. To show himself that he, that he had done it, that he had completed this work. And so he purified himself. He made sure that they didn't touch him. He was a rabbi. He was a rabbi. He was a teacher. He was the high priest. He was going to present himself and saying, mission accomplished. The Bible says that he led captivity captive. I believe personally that that's talking about those who were in the, the Abraham's bosom and those who, who maybe have been there when, when Jesus came into, into hell. Basically, what happened was Jesus went into hell and he said, give me the keys. That's basically what he said. Give me the keys, Satan. And I like to say it like this. Satan did. You remember uh, Thor Ragnarok and uh, when Thor came back to um, Asgard and and Loki had uh, them doing a play in his honor and he was masquerading as Odin. And then when he saw Thor, he took a drink of wine and then he said, oh, <laughs> he, he, he cussed. He, he slipped up and said a cuss word. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I believe I can't prove it, but I believe that's what happened with, with, with Satan, to Satan when Jesus came and he came and he said, give me the keys. And he came back with all power and he came back and he was he was raised to life. And there was this thing that was going on that Satan had no idea about, because if he had any idea about it, he would never have crucified the Lord of glory. And so when this happened and, and God... And, and, and Jesus came in and said, where are the keys? I can see J Satan drinking his wine and saying, oh, <laughs> because of the fact that Satan slipped and cussed that day. He, he cussed that day. Where has Jesus been all day? Let me get back in the spirit. <laughs> where has Jesus been all day? What the Bible says in John 20, verse one, the first day of the week, he, she went to the tomb early. But John 20, verse 19 says the same day at evening. So where has he been all day in between? The Bible says that Jesus said that he was about to ascend to the Father. Hebrews 9 verse 12 says this, not with the, the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once and for all. And this ought to get you excited. Having obtained eternal redemption. Ooh. Jesus said in John 12 verse 31, now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Remember the verse I told you to remember at the beginning of this, right? It was Hebrews 19. Once again, there is no Hebrews 19. I did it again. <laughs> it was Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. And it says, and as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. Jesus said, now is the judgment of the world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. It was appointed for Jesus to die once. Uh-oh. But then after his death, the judgment. I wish there was a way that we could see the judgment. I wish there was a way we could see the judgment that took place after Jesus died. Because it's appointed unto man once to die, then after that there's a judgment. I wish that we had chapter and verse that would reveal unto us what happened in, wait a minute, we do? Oh, well, let's go over there. Daniel chapter 7, starting in verse 9. Daniel chapter 7, starting in verse 9. He said, I watched till thrones were put in place. He's got a tremendous vision here that he's having here. And the Ancient of Days was seated. Oh, what a powerful picture. His garment was white as snow, and his hair is the hair, and the hair of his head like pure wool. 
His throne was a fiery flame. Its wheels a burning fire. A fiery steam issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. I can hear just like a, a murmuring in the crowd as, as this is about to take place. I can hear them all, the chatter going on. And the Bible says the court was seated. In, order, in other words, he said, order, order in the court. He said the court was seated and the books were open. It's appointed unto man once to die. Then after this, the judgment. Jesus died once and for all. And then after that, there was a judgment that took place. I believe that this is the verses that tell us about that judgment that took place. He goes on to say, I watched them. I watched then because of the sound of the pompous words which the horn was speaking. I watched till the beast was slain and its body destroyed and given to the burning flame. Now, some people would say, Elijah, he's talking about the book of Revelation here. Well, you got to remember, Daniel's talking about four different beasts. He's talking about four beasts in Daniel. Oh, my goodness. I may just call this that it might be fulfilled now that I think about it, because that's just powerful. I got interrupted right there. I th I'm thinking about something I'm going to say later. Uh, four, four beasts that were slain, right? And he said there are four beasts in total, excuse me there, and one beast was slain. What beast was that? I believe that that beast was sin because Romans 6, 14 says this, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are no longer under the law, but under grace. Jesus came and put to death the enmity that was between us and God. That's the beast that was slain and destroyed. Skip on back. Let's go back. Excuse me. Go back to uh, Romans here. Um, well, that's where we just were. Excuse me there. But Daniel chapter um, 9, verse 12 here. Daniel chapter 7, verse 12. I'm telling you, I'm just so excited. I'm all over the place. <laughs> Daniel chapter 7, verse 12. As for the rest of the beasts, watch this. They had their dominion taken away. Yet their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. The Bible says that the enemy knows that his time is short. I was watching in the night visions and behold, watch this, one like the son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. Now, who were the clouds of heaven? Who is that? Well, Hebrews 12 verse 1 says we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, talking about the patriarchs of old, talking about Abraham, talking about Moses, talking about David, talking about all these other generals of the faith. The Bible says that when Jesus was crucified, that at his resurrection, that other people were resurrected after his resurrection and appeared unto many. You can read about that in Matthew. I believe it's Matthew uh, 20, 27, right there. The way that they place it, Matthew places it. Matthew places it right after he dies and he initially dies, but he goes on to tell you that even though he places it after he dies. So some people believe that when Jesus died, the graves were open. That's not what it says. He goes on to say that this happens after his resurrection. Matter of fact, let me see. Ooh, hang on a second. Let me see if I can, let me see if I can find that in the scriptures. I want to find that. I want to read that to you. Like I said, I don't want you to just take my word for it because some of these things have never been taught before. The crucifixion of Jesus takes place here. Um, Matthew 27 and verse 50, uh, 50, verse 50. Jesus then cried again with a loud voice and yielded up the ghost. He died. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in two from the top to the bottom. And the earth did quake and the rocks rent. Uh, they were torn as well in two. And the graves were open 
and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and came out of the graves. Here it is after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe that that's what the cloud was right before Jesus. What gave them time to um, appear to many? Jesus said, guys, listen, we're going to ascend to heaven. We're going to go. It's going to be cool and everything. But he said, but first I got to go talk to Mary. He saw Mary weeping and he was like, nope, let, let me talk to her first and then we'll go. So he said, well, okay, guys, I'm going to go talk to Mary. You guys just do what you're going to do. I'm going to talk to Mary real quick. So while he's talking to Mary, these patriarchs of old are showing up, appearing unto many people saying, hey, what's up? Saying, hey, that's where I grew up. That's where I used to play ball at. This is an amazing thought. This is what happened at the resurrection. It's so powerful. And it all happened that it might be fulfilled. Um, Let's go back to Daniel, wrap up in Daniel. Who are, the, who are the clouds of heaven? That's the witnesses. The Bible says Jesus led captivity captive. I believe personally that that is the, the, the uh, believers from Abraham's bosom that he takes with him. That's what I believe personally. Now, then he orchestrated the greatest prison break of, in history. Shout out to that podcast episode, that episode, uh, Prison Break. Now, going back to verse Daniel, let's wrap this up in Daniel. Uh, we got one more point, but let's wrap up what we've got here in Daniel. Daniel 7, verse 13, he came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Jesus did. This is why he said, don't touch me, because I've not yet ascended to the Father. I've not yet ascended to the Ancient of Days. He came, and he was brought before him. Then to him, to Jesus, good God, was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. Jesus legally got back the dominion that Satan legally took from Adam. Jesus took Satan to court. It wasn't that just Jesus just beat up the devil, like we alluded to earlier. It wasn't just that. Jesus had to take him to court. The books had to be open. The Bible says that all of our days are written in the book. This, this does not exclude Jesus. His days were written in the book too. And that's, that book was open. And the book that was open and they saw that it was legally, it could legally be done. He could legally get dominion back. Why? Point number three, so that it might be fulfilled. That phrase alone, that, 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 um, that it might be fulfilled, pops up 12 times in the book of Matthew alone. Why is in, in the book of Matthew, you got to remember, Matthew is a tax collector. So this is how Matthew's mind works, that it might be fulfilled, uh, that it might be fulfilled. This is how his mind works. He's thinking about the payment that was that was done for you and I, that Jesus came and fulfilled that that payment. It was fulfilled, literally. Uh, I'll give you a couple examples of that. It might be fulfilled. Um, Matthew 27, 35. And then when they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. They divided my garments among them and my clothing. They cast lots. Uh, Luke uh, 24, 44 through 45. Then he said to them, these talking, this is after the resurrection. He is, he's risen. These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and, and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they may comprehend the scriptures. Ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to comprehend the scriptures if you don't have a revelation of Jesus. It's just not going to happen. 
all of the scriptures testify about him. So if you're all in the Old Testament, and all that kind of stuff, you're not going to see the power of it if you don't have one hand on Jesus always. Because he reveals the Father and he reveals the Word. <laughs> he is the Word. He says, these are the words that I've spoken to you while I was with you, that all these things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. It had to be done legally. Matthew, uh, Daniel 7, let's go back to Daniel 7 again. We're going down to verse 21. I was watching and the same horn was making war against the saints and prevailing against them until the ancient of days came. And a judgment was made in favor of the saints of the most high. And the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Jesus said, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Jesus said, when he came back, all authority and all power has been given unto me, both in heaven and in earth. Therefore you go and possess it. He's saying you you subdue it. You have dominion. You go. You do. He came and brought back the blessing that Adam forfeited. He got it back legally. It wasn't that he just beat up Satan. Sure, he made a show of him openly, but he made a show of him openly in court. He made a show of him openly before the Ancient of Days in front of all the ten thousands of thousands that were there. He made a show of them all openly and said, oh, the judge, he, he picked up the gavel and he, and he said he hit that gavel. And he said, Satan, you lose. Saints, you win. <laughs> oh, but did you like that, that sound effect that Frankie put in there with the guy? Oh, I love it. Thank you, Frankie. You're so cool. He said, Satan, you lose. Saints, you win. A show was made of him openly. He triumphed. Jesus triumphed over him in it. It was done in the courtroom. It was done legally. Because it was taken away. Legally. It had to be given back. He had to possess it again, legally. In other words, sin doesn't have any dominion over us anymore. This is what happened in the resurrection. This is what happened after the resurrection. Uh, Romans 4, 21 through 25, very famous, talking about um, Abraham being fully convinced that he who had promised was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted unto him, watch this, for righteousness. And that's how it's supposed to be for us. Isaiah said, look from the rock which, from which you were hewn, look to Abraham. Abraham is the example. Uh, you should really be a student of the life of Abraham because the Bible says we are to look to him. We are to look at his life and his example. And the Bible says that he believed God and he was fully convinced that God was able to do what he promised to perform it. And it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us. It shall be that it shall be imputed to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses, but was raised because of our justification. This is so good. In other words, Satan doesn't have dominion over us anymore. We don't have to wait till the second coming because of the resurrection. We can have and exercise dominion now over the forces of the enemy. Jesus was raised to life for our justification. That's where the resurrection comes in, to be justified. As, some, as one preacher said, to be like justified and never sinned. That's what justified means. That's what it means, to live life justified and never sinned. What, what, this is powerful. Sin doesn't have dominion over us anymore, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus took, it, took him to court. He got it back legally. 
He got dominion. And the Bible says that these beasts, yeah, they're still around. Their life is prolonged. We see that the enemy is still around, but the authority and the, the dominion has been taken away from them and given to Jesus. Jesus has dominion over the Satan. Satan does not have dominion over us anymore. We're not under the law, but we're under grace. And this is what the resurrection means to me so that it might be fulfilled. That what might be fulfilled? The righteousness that was promised and that was shown in the life of Abraham to you and I. The justification is fulfilled legally. I'm healed legally. Sickness and diseases that coming against me is illegal because by his stripes, I'm healed. It has nothing to do with me. It's got everything to do with what Jesus did. Uh, it's legal for me to be healed. It's legal for me to be justified. It's legal for me to not yield to condemnation, but to yield and have a righteous consciousness. It's legal because Jesus got it back legally. He got it done legally. Satan and sin no longer has dominion over us who are born again. And this, my friends, is the true meaning of the resurrection, that it might be fulfilled. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for Jesus, what he did. Father, we acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. We believe he came, he lived, and he died. We call Jesus Lord. If you've never been born again, that's your opportunity. Just believe in your heart and say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. And you're saved. It's that simple. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for what you did in Jesus. And that is all done legally. We can rest in it because it's legal. It was not illegal. It is legal, Father. We can legally enjoy healing. We can legal, legally enjoy freedom. We can legally enjoy your presence and, and your presence being upon us and overshadowing us. Oh, that's the greatest privilege of all. And we give you praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, guys, I love you so much. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Leave a like, a comment, a review. Let us know that the podcast is blessing you. My name's Elijah Merle, and remember this. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Thank you for listening to the Greater Than Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at murrellministries.com. That's M-U-R-R-E-L-L ministries.com. Ministries International.